episode 74, Networking Referral Groups, Learn to Maximize Them. I'm your host, Dr. Justin Trosclair, and today we hear Tammy Erbach's perspective. Join 2017 Podcast Awards-nominated host, Dr. Justin Trosclair, as he gets a rarely seen look into the specialties of all types of doctors and guests, plus marketing, travel tips, struggles, goals, and relationship advice. Let's hear a doctor's perspective. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I hope the last few episodes have been really good for you. I know we had a little marketing series. We finally got our dentist on, and we'll even have an optometry marketing group here in the next week or so. But this week, hold on. All this internet marketing talk. Did we forget about networking groups? You remember those? The Chamber, BNI, and this one, 4BR. Well, this is somebody I've met. And I've been knowing since, man, the first year I've been in practice, so over a decade. And uh, I joined her networking group and she created it herself because of a necessity. And we talk about that. And we're going to learn some tips on your elevator pitch. So regardless of if you do networking groups or not, referral groups, you know, they meet every morning or at lunch and there's one profession represented per group. So if your group's taken, there's no more like chiropractors, you got to like create your own group or uh, figure something out. So the elevator pitch, hugely important. So we go into the elevator pitch, learn a few things there. Uh, Great tips for a 10 minute presentation that you can utilize in regardless of the type of group that you're in. Ways that she actually finds new members. So if you are part of a networking group and you're like, man, it's always hard to find like guests and things. She's got a nice tip for that works well for her. 95% of her guests come this way. It blew me away. And of course, there's free groups and there's paid groups. Why would you do a paid group? And because she's been doing it for so long, she's actually ready to expand out of her area. So if that interests you, stay tuned to the end of the episode when I ask that question. Hey, if you happen to have checked out the Needless Acupuncture site and you're like, wow, it's kind of confusing. Well, the, the four downloads, I revamped that page. So a doctorsperspective.net slash in a protocol. I revamped it. I made it easier. Let me know what you think. It should be much easier to navigate. Uh, no, no upsells. It's just, it's just email next page downloads are available. And then from there, if you wanted to like, get, you know, things that you'd actually need to stimulate the acupuncture points, you can click a, a button and it'll take you through that way. So trying to make it easier, a little bit less confusing. Uh, that's what it's about. You got to test, figure out what's going on and uh, trying to make it work. As always, appreciate you listening. Let's continue the show. All the show notes can be found at a doctorsperspective.net slash seven four. Let's go hashtag behind the curtain. Live from China and Colorado, welcome to the podcast yet again. Today's guest, I've had the opportunity to spend at least a year, maybe even closer to two years with, with her amazing networking group and business development called 4BR. Her name is Tammy Erbach. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Justin. It's awesome to be here. And hello to you in China. This is cool. Oh, yeah. Well, y'all, this is her first podcast. So y'all take it easy on her. And I think it's going to be awesome. You guys. No hate mail. No, just kidding. She's going to be good. (laughs) There's no reason to have hate mail. So one thing that she has is, I hate to call out the chamber, but let's just be honest. Sometimes we're not happy with what we get out of our membership. And I'm sure we've all been to these networking groups where you got one profession represented in a circle at some restaurant and you're saying what you do and you're trying to pass leads and pass referrals and it gets kind of frustrating right they're not working i walked in and it seemed like they already had somebody they liked or they're already buddy buddy and it's hard to like fit in 
So, Tim, how did you determine like you needed to create your own networking group? And do you even call it a networking group these days? Um, what was the catalyst to form that? Well, back when I started 4BR, that was in 2010, I was actually a financial advisor at the time. And the first 4BR group really came about out of my own personal need to get into some sort of a leads group or a referral group so that I could help build and grow my client base. And, you know, you talk about the business category exclusivity that you mentioned briefly, and that's what I ran into is that everywhere I went, my category was not available. And so that left me going, well, how do I fix this? And then I'm like, well, I've been in groups. I've run groups. I've been in serious ones, not so serious ones. And I think I'm just going to start my own. And so that is what I actually did. Started out my very first group in October of 2010 with eight members. And it just kind of took off from there. It's been really interesting to see it evolve. And it, where, where are you at now? It's been, it's been eight, no, let's, call, let's call it seven years. Where are you at now? So currently now, so again, I'm, I'm only in Colorado at this time, but I have groups all the way from... Fort Collins to Loveland to Boulder to Lakewood, uh, getting ready to launch Arapahoe County. And then we are also east of I-25 into North Glen and Thornton. So pretty much the, the Colorado front range north to south and just really haven't gone to Colorado Springs yet. Yeah, that's a, that's a drive. Yes. And that would be one that I'd have somebody else do. <laughs> yeah, because you were going to like every single meeting as the head moderator so that these groups meet the agenda. Correct. And that has, again, with that evolution of going, if my vision is to grow, then I can't reasonably be in all these places every day at all the different meeting times. So mm -hmm. over the course of the years, we've, you know, I've got good, well-trained group leaders that are in those roles for a year at a time. And again, as I'm working on the growth plan, I have established territories where I have territory managers and their role is to get a group started working as a group leader and then develop a group leader for that group and then to move on and start another one. So their, their responsibility is to grow that territory. And I currently define that by counties. So like Larimer and Wells sense. County is a territory for one of my managers. And then I've got somebody else that has Boulder County and another two gals that are sharing the responsibility for Arapahoe and Jefferson counties. So it kind of starts to create the, the hierarchy. And then, you know, my role is not only to run the organization as a whole, but is to support those group leaders and territory managers. And now I rotate in once a quarter or so, um, you know, just so that the organization still has contact and, and reach with me. They always know who, who started it, who I am, because they obviously get the voicemails and the emails and they see me at events. Um, but it's been important to build that growth pro pro process so that you know how you're going to grow and how the interactions go and how you keep everything working the same in every group because that's the one thing that I tell people is that the group meetings themselves should never be any different. The only different from meeting to meeting or group to group should be the personalities in the room. 
Yeah, and, like, and we've all been part of these groups where they can morph into their own thing if they're long established or there's some kind of weird dynamic in one group. They start adding things or taking things away and you're like, wait, wait, wait. These were there for a reason. Let's let's have a back to back to basics boot camp or something. Yeah, and occasionally you have to do that because that is one of the dynamics of having groups in an organization of this size is that you will from time to time get people who want to run things the way they want to. And for duplication, again, that can't work because if a person's experience isn't the same for, with the exception of personalities, then you'll have groups that will fail and you'll have groups that will flourish. And so it's kind of a, a tight control that still has to be in place in order to keep the balance equal and to keep all of the groups in a, in a good state of mind. When I was a part of the group, there was a huge emphasis on developing your elevator pitch, that 30 seconds, what do you do that's not going to just bore somebody to tears and you know, but educate somebody so that they can maybe want to do a private meeting or if you're at like a, a bigger event, you can use this this pitch, get conversation flowing with somebody else that you've never met without being too like pushy or whatever. Mm-hmm. What are you stressing in these elevator pitches? And, and is there a way for us to be able to brainstorm one for ourselves, even if we're not be able to be a part of this 4BR group? Well, you know, it's interesting. So again, I I referenced that I have been in many different types of groups over the years in my, in my here, in my history of networking. And the challenge with the 30 second commercial or the elevator pitch or whatever you want to call it is again, people have their own mindset of how they think that should be. Some people think it should just be done on the fly. Other people want to be able to change it up from one week to the next week. Some people want to throw in a story. And again, it it depends on the group and it depends on the organization. In the structure that I've created, my members learn and develop a 30-second commercial with the help of their fellow group members. And our purpose is to deliver the same commercial week in, week out, so that you know it so well that it falls out of your mouth without you ever even thinking about it. And what that does is it allows you to be anywhere and to always be prepared to talk about what you do and always sound polished and always sound professional. Because if you've ever done much networking, you know that you've come up and you've talked with people and two minutes later, they're still talking and you have no idea what it is that they even do because they are just rambling. They don't have a plan. And I have found that my members can confidently go into any situation and whether it's talking to an individual one-on-one or talking in a group of 50 people or finding yourself at a chamber event like I did once, 125 people in a gigantic circle with a microphone all doing oh. their 30-second commercial. Wow. And my members are equipped for that. But I knew when I was in that environment that 95% of the people in that room were ready to puke because they were so nervous. And on top of that, they weren't listening to a single thing that anybody else was saying because they were so in their heads thinking about what they were going to say when it was their turn with the microphone that they didn't have the ability to even hear any of those other commercials. So 
you know, we've created that great environment where, yeah, some people get stuck and they get tired of doing the same commercial over. Well, we give them the opportunity to change it up. You want to go back into learn mode? You want to go back into redevelopment and work on a new version? We can do that. But consistently, week to week, we keep it the same for all those reasons. What is, I was uh, recently been involved with something called Story Brand. And um, their whole thing is they have like like a three-step formula. Like you should, you know, asking a certain question. Like they should be able to like load your website, for instance, and be able to tell you what they do, what you do, what you want them to do within like a sentence and a half or, you know, two sentences. It was, it was it's a pretty, pretty amazing little uh, program that they have that, that I've noticed. Do you happen to have like a basic formula that we should stick to or, or something maybe to avoid in a 30-second commercial? Well, we try to very cleanly avoid lingo, you know, brand lingo, uh, industry lingo, because that doesn't mean, it doesn't mean to others what it may mean to you. And we also find that some people who have been in their businesses a really long time, sometimes they don't even know what they say about their business anymore because they're so in it that they don't have any idea what the perception is when they even talk about what it is that they do. So we try to avoid what I like to call laundry lists. So you don't stand up and go, I sell insurance, life, home, auto, business, property and casualty, umbrella. You know, that's a laundry list. And after the first two things, people quit listening. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you just you just tune it out. And especially if you heard that list every week, you'd be like, I'm not listening to you anymore. It's not even interesting. Yeah. So, you know, we always try to create something that's unique, helping them create a tagline that's super memorable. And it's typically just a few words and it can be inserted anywhere in their commercial. But that's really a good way for you to stay in front of other people's minds. As long as their minds are open when they're out in their daily world, they'll hear the opportunities based on remembering your tagline. And they'll go, you know what? I have somebody you need to talk to. I, I hear your problem and I've got somebody that I know that can help you with that. Um, you know, that's what they specialize in. In fact, this is their tagline. And then, you know, you're repeating that, that tagline to them. And so there's already like a familiarity when you make that referral that mm-hmm. that's going to be great because, wow, I was just talking about this and now all of a sudden he's got a solution for me. And I already know a little bit about this person, even if it's only a couple of words, um, that is automatically a warm transfer in that referral process. So those, you know, kind of little tips and tricks within that 30 second commercial is very beneficial. And the group members, again, they're helping their fellow members work through that process and they've already been through it themselves. So they know how, how at times it can be challenging to work through, but how that finished product is so awesome because you can just see the look on guests faces when they hear these, polished professional commercials and they're like wow how'd you learn to do that because i remember the pro it's embarrassing like you think you have a great one and then you tell it to a group of 20 people and they look at you like uh how many how much critique do you want because everybody here can rip it because you've got you know, all these you're like this was amazing you're like yeah but it's not amazing um tammy what is your tagline um my tagline for 4BR is uh, that we are a personal and professional growth community. And if you don't mind, can you drop us the 30-second commercial? Sure. 
It's actually, I, I will tell you the truth, it's 20. And it's, oh, it's a 20 second. Well, mine is. Everybody, okay. they'll time me and they'll go, that was 20 seconds. I'm like, I know it's been 20 seconds for about seven years. Um, but yes, absolutely. <laughs> Hi, my name is Tammy Erbach, and I'm the CEO and founder of 4BR. 4BR is evolving business development where all ages, all professions, and all levels of experience join together in a shared desire to be better and do more. Respecting your level of accomplishment, 4BR is here to help you build better business by referral. I'm Tammy Erbach with 4BR, a personal and professional growth community. There we go. There you go. <laughs> 20 seconds. Did you time it? I, sure, sure. I have a timer <laughs> right there on my Skype account. You can um, time it later. That's crazy. That's I, I remember most of what you just said from way back when. That's wild. And that's a part of the process. It's, and that's why that consistent delivery of the same commercial over and over again is that important. Because yeah. it will stick with people. And when it comes referral time, it works. So, so let's go with this. Let's, let's dive deep. Part of the reason I had you on was I want people to know that these groups work. They pass referrals. You can get business from it. And it's an option. I don't know if, if you're looking to expand into bigger states, but other people might be listening to this and say, yeah, every group I'm in, a, there's always a chiropractor. There's always a physical therapist. There's always a massage therapist. I don't know what else to do. So yada, yada. In your group, when you pass referrals, what can somebody expect and what's a way that people can maximize their networking experience so that not only they're giving referrals, but they're getting referrals on a, on a consistent basis? So I tell everybody, pretty much you're going to get what you give. And if you're not involved, for example, if you just show up at your meeting every week and you're really not engaged, the referral world isn't going to work very well for you because everybody's there because they're looking to grow their own businesses and they're looking to help others grow. So if all you do, for example, is attend your weekly meeting and you participate in no other fashion, it's going to be difficult for that referral process to happen naturally. In my organization, we really focus on relational development where your relationships are developed to a very high degree and that causes referrals to work naturally as opposed to being forced because that's what the rules of your group say you have to do. And what I mean by that is it's one thing for us all to interact professionally in a weekly meeting. But in my organization, we also start to bring our inside circles, meaning our family, our kids, our close associates, into the outer circle of these professional people that you meet with. And as you start to learn more about the things that one another care about, the things that are important to them, their family, their causes, when you start to learn and develop that level of relationship with people, that referral process does happen naturally and everybody benefits on all sides from that equation. You know, I, I, I joke all the time about a member that we had who um, I had thrown out an impromptu happy hour on Facebook that we were going to just go, go to happy hour, join us if you like. And you know, a couple of months later, we're at a different event and somebody is talking about this happy hour event. And um, her husband was like, well, why didn't I know about this? And she said, well, I wasn't available to attend. He's like, but I know these people and I like to drink beer. I was available to go. 
So, Uh you know, so when I talk about webbing, which I'll, I'll reference from time to time, those relationships start to happen and, and they don't have anything to do with the primary members. This member knows this spouse and this spouse knows this spouse. And all of a sudden there are referrals happening that aren't even within the group. It's, you know, my husband going, Hey, there's somebody in your group that does, you know, carpet repair and somebody in my office that I don't know, their dog chewed some stuff up and they need carpet repair. Can you give me that person's name? So those referrals start to really stretch and they go all over the place and into all these different spheres that start to connect because of our focus on relational development as opposed to transactions. You know, my experience with, you know, just a transactional relationship um, is that when one of you leaves the group, that transaction ends because there's not really a relationship centered around it. It was, well, I'm going to do business with you and you're going to do business with me because we're in this group and this is this thing that we're supposed to do. What happens when there's an established group for, let's say, two years? They've had a, um, a beauty line person in there and they leave. They're like, well, either I'm too busy or they didn't like the group or whatever. They, they, didn't, they didn't stick around and a new person comes in. Mm-hmm. How does that new person gain the trust of the group? So that they stop sending referrals to the person that left. Is that like, is a good networking group automatically cutting ties with that person and they have to give to the new one or, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Like that does happen. So what do we do about that? Well, so a couple of things happen. Um, The dynamics of groups shift and change shape all the time because the members become different. And what I have found in, you know, managing, you know, this, large of an organization is that people's schedules change, situations change. And in my organization, I allow people to switch groups if the time and day just doesn't work for their schedule anymore and their category is open. They're allowed to switch into something different. Um, Hmm. There's no question that some of those relationships last, regardless of where people at. I, I like to say that in 4BR, you will build relationships that will feed you for a lifetime whether it's personally, Mm -hmm. professionally, or both. And so some of those relationships that get established will last. But I often give examples, and I I use myself as as an example. Way back in time, I was in mortgage lending, and I was in a group representing a plan B. So not mortgage lending, but a plan B. And in that group, there was an insurance agent. And I was never going to personally give her my insurance business, because my insurance agent was a client of mine and my plan B. But Mm. I referred her all of my mortgage clients. And there was a realtor in that group. And obviously, I was a mortgage lender. So I was not going to refer him residential real estate clients because I had realtors that supported me and I needed to support them in that same realm. However, even even to this very day, and this has been, oh my gosh, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, I to this day still refer him all of my commercial real estate clients. And then obviously there was a mortgage lender in the group and she knew that I did mortgages, so I wasn't going to refer her business. But if there were ever any deals that I couldn't do, she's always who I referred to first. So I just always like to remind people that we're all people. 
And when it comes to who you're going to do business with, you are simply going to do business with who you choose. But we are mm-hmm. a referral-based a referral organization, and there's plenty of business, and there are plenty of ways to figure out how to refer in all these different scenarios, even if it's not you personally. So it's being open to, you know, establishing a relationship, getting to know them. And, you know, the thing I learned way back when in sales was that, you know, relationships are everywhere. And if there's somebody that you want to have a business relationship with, A, you're best to recognize that they have a good established relationship with somebody else and you're willing to be number two in line. Things change. People move. They change careers. Sometimes we have to be a little more patient than we would like, but I find when we approach it from a reasonable, you know, mentality that it works. And if the the mindset's not reasonable, it really was never going to work anyway. Does that make sense? Yeah, it definitely does. And what I'm gathering is sometimes you really need to flesh out other ways to spread out your referrals. Like you might, like you said, you might like this one firm. Well, these firms can do everything. They could have realtors, mortgage, insurance, and all that kind of stuff. And you're like, no, I just send it to this person. They take care of everything. You're like, well, maybe pick one person and pick some results and pick some results for different things. And it might be more work. But like you said too, if you can spread it out, that's even more relationships. And that's more of, I gave to you. So at some point, you're probably going to feel obligated to give back to me. And now you've opened that pot wider. Right. And like I said, if somebody leaves, now you have no relationships with these with one one person, and when you could have had five, and right. now your own business could suffer. And and you have you have personalities that are different. It's not most of us are not one size fits all. This person mm-hmm. is going to get along better with this person as opposed to this one. And it's being aware and knowing, you know, it's getting to know people and knowing, hey, I've got this person and they're awesome, but these two people will not get along together. I, you know, you know that. And if you try Mm -hmm. to push them together, then ultimately nobody's happy in the end. Everybody, nobody's happy with anybody. And you end up looking bad for trying to force that referral into a situation that was not best for the parties involved. So I I think it takes a little bit of awareness and, you know, knowing that in most situations it isn't one size fits all. And I, you know, I try to be, I try to be that person that's the resource. Um, You know, I'm very good at connecting people. And when people are looking and they have a need, I am often the person who gets the Facebook message, the text message, the email, the phone call that says, hey, I am looking for X. Can you help me? Who do you know? And that's too many people. (laughs) Yeah, true. But you know, it's, it's awesome to be able to fill that need because often when people are looking for something like that, they're kind of feeling a little desperate. Like it's a, it's a need. It's not, Oh, I, I want to find this. It's like, no, I, I need this. I really, I have this need and being able to just, you know, be that person that people go to, uh, that's gratifying for me, but I wouldn't have that if I didn't have the open mind going, no, I need to know this many of you and this many of you. And there's really not too many that I can know because the situations are different. You know, I could have a, you know, again, a great insurance agent, but if they need, you know, I've got somebody asking me for insurance in a market they don't serve, then if I didn't have other resources, I was not able to help that person. Right. So, you know, understanding the value of, again, that open mind and, you know, it's, 
it's the more you know, the more you can help people. I tell you, the biggest, most common request we see on Facebook and all these little chiropractic groups I'm a part of is, who do you know in this city? Who do you know? And it's a hard question sometimes because you don't know anybody. And if anybody's been to chiropractors or even maybe a physical therapist, you know they run the gamut. Yep. They might completely align with you. This person might just want, I just want to get my neck cracked. I don't want rehab. I don't want to do all this stuff. Okay, well, mm, that's the people I hang out with. So I don't really know who to uh, refer you to. (laughs) So then you got to go and find somebody. And I always like, because we're responsible. If you refer somebody, you kind of have some, like kind of like a little bit of an obligation that they're, they don't get injured or hurt from your referral. Oh, yeah. So sometimes it's a little nerve wracking. You're like, you know what? Let me give you a website or two and you can find them on your own or a, a couple of choices. That way the person can call several people and be like, what was the vibe? And you know, I kind of give them like questions like you should ask these types of questions and then use your gut or go visit all of them and then make a decision that right. way. You know? yep. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, one thing that you have to do, I'm sure you have to advertise or something to get people to come to your meetings and then they get impressed and then they're like, yes, I want to be a part of this. Where can I go? What has been one of the Top two ways that you've been able to market yourself to to grow and expand. It's interesting because it's really changed since it started in 2010. In 2010, it was a lot of face to face, you know, attending, you know, all sorts of networking events and being, you know, actively involved in my, you know, my area chamber of commerce and that sort of thing. Um, as you know, kind of things really kind of started taking shape and taking hold and gaining some steam. You know, the first thing I said was, I need an awesome website. And I'm looking at all these other groups, whether they're chambers or other networking groups or referral groups. And I'm like, all their websites are horrible. They're just horrible. And they're not kept up to date. I mean, like I would go to one and get this is, I know for a fact, this information hasn't been updated in over two years. So, you know, the first thing I did was I set out to have a professional, interactive website that benefited my membership and became a resource for others using it that were looking for products and services that they needed. So, you know, I started out with my website first and, you know, then pretty soon into that realized, okay, I really need to work on SEO because if I want to compete with these other well-established companies, there's got to be a way for people to find me on the internet. So it was kind of Mm -hmm. that realization always kept up with, you know, doing my, you know, my face-to-face stuff and my networking. I did start uh, hosting events and that is another great way to get exposure for the type of organization that I have. So doing, I do big quarterly networking events now that I've been doing. Is like parties? Yeah, I started doing the first one. I think I'm, uh, the first one was in 2011, and now I do one a quarter. And average attendance is 125, 150 people. And Oof. you know, I do those consistently every quarter, and that that those numbers have remained consistent. You know, kind of then Facebook started coming into play, and you know that was a great place to interact and you know put up your business page and to do those sorts of things. Um, but ultimately, what currently is the most successful for me and I think a lot of organizations like mine is meetup has become very um, very accessible very usable 
um, it's evolved. I, I often joke because I've had a love affair, a love and hate affair with Meetup. I've joined it three times. So I joined it twice, slapped yeah. it twice, and then they really did some tweaking. And all of a sudden, I started getting traction with Meetup where it was really working. And now, 90%, almost 95% of the guests that come and visit a 4BR group that's established found us through Meetup or through my website. So that is wild. The internet presence has really changed how groups attract potential members. And it's becoming a real challenge. Groups are really struggling. Um, I don't care what kind of group it is. They are having issues. And it's because the, you know, the old fashioned word of mouth, contact and invite people that you meet to come visit your group just isn't done a lot anymore. It's, I, I think, I think that, and I don't, and again, I don't care if it's, you know, a BNI group or a chamber of commerce group or some, you know, one-off single group organization, they're struggling to get guests to their meetings. And I believe that it's just a mindset shift that people just rely on the internet. It's kind of like, well, people are just going to Google it anyway, so I don't need to invite anybody. And it's been an interesting thing to see. And I, I honestly think people are so busy. They have so many things to do and are torn in so many different directions. It's not that they don't want to invite it's just never top of mind. And so so I have, you know, really learned to kind of work with that shift and really make sure that, you know, all of the things are in place so that all my internet searching, you know, it's all coming together. You know, the meetup stuff pulls up with the 4BR stuff, pulls up with, you know, any advertising that I do and making sure that my messaging and my branding is all the same exactly in all those places because then it all pulls together when people do search and they do search, they are using the internet. So every time I do a Facebook message that's similar to what's in my meetup, that's similar to what's on my website, that all helps in my search engine rankings. And I'm, you know, I, the numbers don't lie. I mean, it's all day and all night. I can look at any given group and I know a, I track it, but I know where most of those guests, come from and they're coming from meetup pure and simple are you finding this is something that i didn't realize because i mean maybe i'm becoming old but i felt like there was always a sliver of people that understood the value of networking groups um are you noticing that you kind of made a comment are you noticing less people are wanting to join these groups because they're just like i'll just go on facebook and do the ads and then they'll just come No, I think that people still see the value, but how they're choosing where they go, they're finding through the internet versus personal invitations from, say, a member in a group inviting somebody to come visit as a guest. You know, that's the way it always used to be done. And, you know, I just have seen a complete shift away from that. And even, I mean, I I have members that are still a part of my organization that were there in 2010. So, I mean, I have strong, long-term members within my organization. And again, they're awesome people, but it's just not always top of mind when they meet somebody new to invite them to come visit because they're thinking about all the other things that are going on in their head. And that presence of mind isn't there. And so, you know, the, the focus on those things that happen in internet searches are 
highly beneficial for what I do. And my, you know, the events that I put on, you know, those are not meetup prominent. Those are um, more from all of the social media work that I do with those events, as well as, you know, I kind of do a full court press 30 days out from an event where I'm everywhere I can possibly be letting people know I've got an event coming and people have heard of my events. So they're like, oh my gosh, I've heard of those. I think I can make it. And yeah, it's a, it's a twofold, but the internet's really been a big shift. I think uh, for most organizations, it's a change in how you find those new guests to come visit, to gain the interest, to get them to join. Well, that's good because I remember when you first started out, it was difficult. You're like, I don't really know too many people. And then I already have my business connections. I don't really see why they need to join if they're not, I'm not going to push them. Like they're already set with me. I'm already set with them unless they don't see the value of coming to a meeting. So it's good to see that they, they can do that. Have you noticed any of the particular groups paying like Facebook ads? Like we really want a wedding photographer. We've never had one in the group. Do the, do individual Facebook uh, groups ever go on Facebook and like advertise straight up just for those or it's more of like the meetups? I don't see advertising for it. I will see occasional posts. Um, mm-hmm. But those, it's, it's interesting because they're not done, the organization, if it's an organization that has multiple groups. So for me, you know, this is my business and I'm not just a volunteer in a singular group, you know, trying to get more people. That's mm-hmm. where I will see it. I will see some of those posts from individual groups or a member in an individual group that will do some posting like that. But I don't see the bigger networking organizations doing a lot to drive membership through those channels. I mean, I certainly okay. do it because I know it works. Uh, but at the higher level where, you know, people are paid to market or take care of things, those are just not directions that I really actively see. doesn't mean they may not be out there and I'm just not, you know, connected to them um, or not online at the Mm -hmm. moment when those posts come through. But I don't see the paid advertising like that. One thing I've noticed is that people complain that there's a fee involved. Oh, it's $300. Oh, it's $500 for a year. Why I got to pay some money to be a part of a networking group? What's your answer to that? Well, my answer to that is and always will be what you see is what you get and free is free. And that means there's seldom anything worth structure. Nobody has any skin in the game. So you know what? If I wake up and I have a hangnail and I don't feel like going today, I'm not going to go. Free is free. And, you know, free is not always the best way to go. And, you know, free is what you get. It's just, you know, it's just kind of how I see it. When I put 4BR together, you know, my whole thing was I've been in all these groups. I've been in the free ones. I've been in the expensive ones. I've been in the in-between ones, the ones that meet every other week, the ones that meet once a month. I mean, I've been in all of this stuff. And my goal was really to put together something that was different, that created value for the time and money you invested in your membership. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, kind of where our shift has been on personal and professional development because I feel that if people are going to pay money, A, they deserve a professional who is committed to running the best business, the best group platform with the best content 
and they're they're committed to it. It's their business and it's not a hobby. And I've put that together and people see value in that. That's why they're willing to join and they're they want to pay because they know they're gonna get professional training, they're gonna get personal development, they have all the advantages within my organization because of the different things that we do that they're happy to pay. And yeah. I am also happy to say if you don't find value in that, my organization isn't for everyone. And if you want something free, it's out there and I wish you the best. Um, yeah. My organization, you know, we focus and we want members who want to improve themselves and who want to be better business professionals. And when you're working in, again, that like-mindedness where you're all wanting the same things for yourself and one another, your business relationships are different. So you actually go through, you know, simple, not, it may not be simple, but you know, you might go through something like, okay, here's your 10 minute presentation this week. You guys have really been horrible lately. So let's go through. And then, you know, maybe like, here's a better way to do a presentation, especially in this atmosphere to get the best results and the most entertaining for the other members. Like, then there's like a process that you would be able to teach or something like that. Yep. And, and we go through refresher courses, too, on, on different things because, you know, people do get into habits, habits and patterns and, you know, they, they start to get lazy. And, you know, that's kind of funny. I, I'm a preacher of guests make your world go round. Guests in a group make your 30-second commercials tight. They make your presentations better. They keep you on your feet for networking skills because you have an opportunity to put yourself and your business in front of a guest. And you want to look good, right? You're a business professional. You want more business. You want to make more connections. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll definitely work to clean those things up. And, um, you know, we do, we'll, we'll do Q&A because it's great to have the opportunity to do a 15-minute presentation. But if you're speaking to people about things they have no interest in knowing, their engagement in your presentation is typically not going to be what it should be. Oof, and that's true. You know, so we love to give people, and we, we're across the board, personal and professional. We talk about it all. Uh, again, the more we know about one another, the better off we all, all are for referral sources. And we give them those questions. But, you know, occasionally you'll get people who kind of get in a rut, and they'll just stand there and go, well, somebody asked this, and somebody asked that. So, and my answer to this question is, and what we like to help our members do is learn to develop a presentation around the questions so that ah. there's a flow to their presentation and it makes sense based on the way it's presented instead of just being a bunch of random answers and random facts that are just kind of shot back and forth. And when somebody asked you a question the week before, they're waiting for your presentation because they want your answer. It's, it's, it's engaging with your audience at, you know, a very personal level. And, you know, occasionally, if people aren't working on a presentation style around those questions, they don't know if that presentation is going to be 15 minutes long. Is it going to be eight? Is it going to be 20? And, you know, so not everybody quite polishes that. And, you know, somebody will not get a question answered. And they'll be like, hey, you didn't answer my question. Like, they're hurt. They want to know. You know, I had a question for you that I wanted an answer to. Um, you know, so it's, you know, we definitely work on the policy, polishing of the presentations. Um, I would say we do that probably about every nine months or so, really kind of work on, you know, getting everybody back to that clean, well-informed 
uh, polished style. And, you know, it's a great, it's a great experience when you do it over and over and over again, you get better and you get better and you get better. And, you know, that's just a good skill to have wherever you may be, because you don't ever know when you're going to find yourself with that opportunity to be on stage and to be able to talk for a little bit about your business. And practice makes perfect in those scenarios. Well, that's huge because I can tell you, we, we typically will have a canned speech that we could just give, but it doesn't always really fit with the audience. And I'm a big fan of like, what does the audience want to know? What's their pain point so I can tailor it to them? And like, if you're part of a group like this, after a, a couple Q&A sessions, you might find like that's actually what the lay person, the normal person would have a question about, especially when you talk about like being a doctor and being one of these groups. This is what you want to know about? You might have thought that was the easy stuff. You're like, no, that's the part that we don't have a clue about or it's un- misunderstood. So then when you go to, say, a bigger organization, you could have a better presentation where you already answer these questions that you know the normal person is going to have. And you might be able to, quote, close more in the room to schedule right. an appointment or whatever. That's huge. Yeah, it's funny. I, you know, we do monthly mastermind roundtables, and that's an opportunity for members to you know, step up and facilitate a roundtable conversation around something that they have expertise, uh, specialty, knowledge, you know, it's kind of their thing. And it gives them the experience to handle questions on the fly and just things that they don't encounter, you know, really almost ever. And so it's a mm-hmm. great way to learn in a safe environment because it's a bunch of members, but it just really, again, is another way you can help hone your skills because the the only way you get better at it is by doing it more and more. Very good. Well, if you got a couple minutes, let's switch gears. I always like to ask these questions. Okay. You're a busy person. You've got spouses. You've got uh, kids. You've got this big organization you're having to manage. Are you able to take vacation? And if you're not, how can you take a few more? So the beauty of that is that I, in my careers, have been a time management freak. And, you know, it's kind of, I mean, to the extent that, you know, my calendars are color coded and um, the thing that I learned a long time ago in, you know, working 80 plus hours and, you know, having a family and all of this is that if I don't schedule my own personal time, I will take that personal time at a time when it may not be most beneficial for my business or for my family. So by recognizing that, no, I need time with my spouse or I need time for myself. And just that's like the first time that I schedule on my calendar. And like Dave, my husband and I, you know, we'll sit down and we we just call it calendaring up. We do it once a week where we just sit down and make sure we know what we've each got going on. And we get our personal time in there so that we know, all right, hey, we're going to go. We're going to go kayaking, you know, this afternoon and we're going to do, you know, that on Sunday afternoon or whatever, because we both work from home. I can work all the time. I can work 24 hours a day. There's always plenty to do, whether it's laundry or lawn work or, you know, work, work, you know, anything. You can Mm -hmm. assume 24 hours a day with things to do. And I just know from experience that if I don't schedule that time, 
and I don't schedule the breaks, all of a sudden a long weekend's going to get pushed in and it may mean that I didn't even leave the house, but none of the things that needed to get done got done because I'd been working way too much in front of that. And, you know, human nature just says, nope, I'm done. I'm taking a break. I don't care. And so we've, uh, you know, really over the many years now have been super disciplined at going, this is our scheduled time, you know, and, you know, not always doing family vacations, meaning our family's all out of state going to visit family because that's not always a vacation. Often that's a lot of work <laughs> in different yeah, paths, can be. you know, so it's going, okay, well, if we're going to do the family visit, then where, what are we going to do for our personal visit? And so we've been really disciplined about doing that. And it's just through our own experience of going, wow, I guess we just blew off the afternoon, but we've worked for the last 14 days straight. So if you structure it a little more uh, cleanly into, you know, smaller chunks of time and, you know, making sure then you're, you're taking that time out for family, we just find that it works well that way. And I, I don't think I would function at the level that I function at if I weren't doing that. I really like that idea. I don't think I've heard that yet in uh, 70-something episodes. That makes sense because if you're both those kinds of people that can work all the time, like you said, if you schedule it, it's going to get done. Otherwise, like you said, it could be 10 days and one person's feeling really neglected and the other one's like, well, you know, I've been really busy. And now you've actually said, no, this day and this day, twice a week, these are the times that we have to spend together. And you're happy. And if you're happy with like, this is what the minimum. This is the minimum that I will feel loved and cherished. And if you end up having to work all the rest of that time that week, you can still feel like my love tank's full and I'm not yep. going to resent you. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's exactly it. And it's totally, you know, it is that scenario. It's like you, you will get your stuff done so that you can have that time. And yeah. it just changes your, your focus and your commitment. And uh, it, you know, we, we have found for us that it works. It works very, very well. I like that. Typically these days it's popular to have a morning routine or a lunch routine to focus you for the rest of the day. Do you have one of those? Yes. So funny. Um, so I always, I always preface an answer like this with the fact that I am extremely spoiled. My husband brings me coffee in bed almost every single day of the week. And, what? you know, that's our, you know, he and I, that's kind of like, you know, the first cup of coffee in the morning is pretty much over silence, but you know, we're awake, we're together, we're having coffee you know, and then kind of from there, you know, conversation starts and we're talking about, you know, whatever it could be business, it could be family, you know, it could be the upcoming vacation or a worry or whatever it is. Um, and then, you know, Dave typically has some stuff that's a little earlier in the day than I have in my schedule. And so he will typically, you know, he's up and he's in the shower and then, you know, I actually spend a little time just kind of perusing the news and what's going on because I talk to so many people through the course of a day and a week. I like to kind of just be up on current events so that I can be conversational intelligently. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I spend a little time doing that and then I'll be like, okay, that's done. You know, now it's time to go make breakfast and we almost always eat breakfast together every morning. So one of us, you know, takes the responsibility to cook and, you know, we have a, we don't do cereal at our house or bagels, mm -hmm. you know, we, we do the eggs and spinach and avocado and all the things that are good for you. Um, you know, so we have our kind of our morning routine runs about 90 minutes, but it's really what centers me for the day and lets me go, okay, I got all my me stuff 
in, taken care of, and now I'm ready to go out and tackle the day. And it's tough when I'm in situations where I don't get that time in. And, you know, I really, um, that becomes a real challenge for me. My dad has been ill and I've been going back and forth to Florida to take care of him. And with the time difference and trying to juggle all of his stuff and then the time difference and my, you know, my morning routine that I just, I don't get. And then I feel, I actually feel deprived. It's really weird. So, you know, that time in the morning is super, super important to me. That's awesome. Have you heard of the, um, the skim? I have not. Okay. It's a, it's one of the ways I uh, keep up with current events. It's actually like, it's written by, I guess, a couple of ladies. They're really tongue in cheek sometimes. They're funny. And it gives me all the current events without having to like browse Bing or Google for like an hour. It's really cool. Um, it's just a simple email. You get all the current stuff that actually kind of mattered for the day. With, and like cool. you said, yeah, like, you know, if I got to talk to a client real quick and be like, oh, yeah, did you hear about the North Korean prisoners getting released this week like yeah i did hear that you're like yeah me too great all right perfect i bonded with somebody real quick yeah yeah somebody said that before and i was like oh i don't remember that it's been good anyway do you happen to have a favorite app or blog or something that you use on a regular basis that you just secretly love and one that you would definitely share for others a book as well i wish i had a good answer to that question um because as much as I live in the technology world, I don't, I don't use a lot of stuff on my phone outside of functionality for Facebook and things like that. Um, and, and a lot of that is, is really work-driven. You know, I definitely love to read. Uh, probably my favorite book ever is The Magic of Thinking Big. And it's, I've, I literally have read that book so often that I had to take um, I should just go buy a new one, right? But I love used books when they've been used for a purpose. I had to take like, not duct tape, but you know, like the clear tape and tape mm-hmm. over the cover and stuff because it was coming off of the book and it, it was just a mess. Um, you know, but just always, it, I, I like to, I like to have my thinking expanded and to, you know, uh, you know, hear a saying where somebody's like, you know, you're just not thinking big enough and mm. there's so much out there and just to, have that reminder that, man, there's a lot out there and, and you never know what the next thing coming could be. And so to just feel that you live in a world of expansion and that you can be ready when that time comes for whatever reason and whatever it may be, you know, it just is, I don't know. I think it's just a mindset. It's not, you know, living in limited belief thinking and scarcity thinking and going, you know, oh, woe is me. This is all there is, Um, you know, to be reminded. And sometimes you need that reminder. Um, You know, you think, you know, you think you live that way, but all of a sudden on occasion you could find that you just, um, you know, kind of got caught up in the stuff and you kind of lost your bigger sense of vision and your bigger sense of the world. So, um, I always like to remind myself of that, which is why the book is so used. What was one of the bigger hurdles that you've had to overcome with 4BR? You know, it's interesting. You've talked about chambers and, um, you know, a challenge that I, and I, and I will still have this challenge. Um, it just depends on people or people. And we all have our mindsets and misconceptions and preconceived notions. And a big challenge that I've had especially early on was that a lot of the chambers saw me as competition 
And yeah, of course. And, and you know what? What I do is nothing like what they do. So they have leads groups and their leads groups are leads groups. What I'm doing is just something that's completely different. So that was definitely a challenge early on. And like I said, can still be a challenge occasionally now. I think that uh, I've made good inroads and I've done a lot of collaborations with some of the chambers. So we've really collaborated on events and support, you know, kind of one another and that sort of thing. So that's been good. And I think the word is, you know, well out on that, that, you know, no, what you do and what she does are not the same thing. And, but, you know, a challenge is a challenge. And when new people come in and you kind of have, you know, changing in, um, you know, management and people running things, you know, you can still kind of run into that, some of that stuff. And I find it easiest just to, you know, schedule a sit down and have the conversation so that, you know, it doesn't become that issue down the road sort of a thing that, you know, I'm here to support you. I support chambers across the board. We talk about chamber events and all of our meetings on a weekly basis. So if you think I'm, I'm not of that mindset, I support what you do and I encourage my members to be involved in other things, whether they're chambers or other networking opportunities that are out there. Um, you know, I always say one thing can't be your end all be all. You've got to do a little bit of a few different things in order to have a good uh, strategy to, to help grow your business and get your message out there. Indeed. Well, how can people find out all about 4BR and Miss Erbach? Well, it's super easy to go to our website, which would give you a whole bunch of information. That website is 4BR.biz. Is that a number or is it spelled out? No, it is the number 4 capital B, capital R, dot biz, dot B-I-Z, yes. And just so you know, I am already at a point where I'm ready to ship 4BR in a box. Ooh. So I am ready to open in mar- other markets. So wait, wait. So you're telling me if I moved back to America and then was like, I would like to start my own mega empire of networking groups, I could do that? Yep. Ooh. Is there, well, I should probably just not ask that question. Contact, <laughs> contact Tammy. <laughs> you know what I'm thinking? I'm like, wait, I can have a piece of this pie? Like, that's kind of cool. I'm really on board with this whole process. I really think it's an amazing thing, and I don't have to start it from scratch. Like, yeah, it's a turn- that it's, sounds reasonable. It's turnkey. So, yeah, the easiest way for somebody to reach me on that is just to hit me up with an email at Tammy, T-A-M-M-Y, at 4BR.biz. Awesome. Happy to have the conversation. That is fantastic. Thank you so much for for being on the show and and spending your time with us today. You're welcome. This is awesome. It was great fun, Justin. All righty. People ask a good bit, how do you monetize a podcast? Well, if you have a big enough audience, you can just get advertisers and they just pay you a fee. Other times, you got to get a little creative, like with affiliates. So you recommend a product and then you get a commission. But hopefully you actually enjoy the product that you're recommending. And in this case, I do. So a doctorsperspective.net slash resources, you'll have all this stuff like Blueberry for the hosting. That's what I use. Set for set. They've got these wild steel maces. Well, I don't use that. They do have these power bands and they're great for stretching and mobilizing joints that definitely are locked up. Mentor box, get a book, listen to it by the author, summarizing the book, but also things that they learned since they wrote it, as well as a workbook to help you out. We got Primal Doc as a coupon code for Primal Health Bone Broth. It's paleo 
autoimmune diet based. You got no sugar, no soy, no no allergies, no gluten, no dairy. And you can save 10% off with the promo dot code. You got Russell Brunson and ClickFunnels. If you ever wanted dot-com secrets or expert secrets, if you click that link, you get the book at a good price as well as help me out. And then underneath that, Amazon, anything that the guests recommend, if you see a hot link, a blue link in the show notes, if you click those and buy one of their books or one of the products, I'll get a little piece of that. And I appreciate it. We have got new t-shirts. We've got a Louisiana theme. It's my home state, so I'm kind of fond of it. We've got a Make Lemon Out of Lemonades t-shirt and of course some chiropractic shirts that are uh, tongue-in-cheek but hopefully you guys like them and gals also if you're into lessons learned in china my first book uh, exercises stretches to help with numbness budgeting all that type of thing you can try four chapters free a doctorperspective.net slash chapters also acupuncture if you like no needle acupuncture if you like that idea if you always wanted to try it but you don't have one nearby or you just don't have two hours a day to go you know, commuting and getting the treatment and everything. There's something you can do at your house, 30 minutes for a little over a week, and you can see results. Now, a doctorsperspective.net slash NA protocol, as in needless acupuncture. So NA protocol, and you get four chapters for free. These complete with the words and the pictures and how to do it, how, when you should do it, all those types of questions. Anxiety, insomnia, back pain, headaches. So check that out. You'll be forwarded to a page uh, with a video, and all you got to do is put your email in, and if you don't like the upsell after that, just scroll to the bottom, click no, and then you'll get to the next page to where you can actually download them. Also, if you've looked at doing an acupuncture pin, it's kind of like a TENS unit you would use for your muscles, but it's been modified for stimulating acupuncture points run off of a 9-volt battery. You can go to doctorsperspective.net slash epin, and you can buy that on the website as well. Thank you all so much for checking out all these resources. And if you have any questions, please let me know. Uh, rank us five stars, leave a review. Greatly appreciated. As always, if you have any special guests that you would love to hear or a series that you would like, reach out on the top right of the website. You have all the social media icons. Just click the one that's your favorite and connect. We just went hashtag behind the curtain and this episode has come to an end. I hope you got the right dose for your optimal life. Please spread the word about this podcast by telling two friends, sharing on social media, and visit the show notes on a doctorsperspective.net to see all the references from today's guest. A sincere thank you in advance. You've been listening to Dr. Justin Trosclair, giving you a doctor's perspective.